Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, man, I'm so, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, really quickly, let me just uh, celebrate you really fast. And what, uh, over the last 10 days, obviously our communities have taken a, a big hit uh, all around us. But let me just share with you just how appreciative I am of you as a church and just how uh, generous you are. But even more so than that, uh, just how thankful I am uh, to serve alongside of you. I'll tell you really quickly, uh, obviously we know that uh, the, the tornadoes kind of ravaged all through Mayfield and uh, even up into Princeton and Dawson Springs area. And I just want to tell you guys, uh, in a moment, notice as a church you responded and uh, I just can't tell you thank you enough um, just really quickly just just a small uh, portion of that just so you know uh, you were able in a moment's notice to send $7,500 to three different churches that are on the ground in that area in those areas and so immediately we were able to give to a, a friend of our church named Catalyst Church in Mayfield to Grace Life Church also in Mayfield and also Christ Tabernacle uh, that's in Princeton and they have boots on the ground their people are there and they're serving like crazy. And so on your on behalf of, uh, of just Purpose Church, we were able to just write them checks immediately to say, hey, whatever you need, we're here for you. We're here to hold your arms up. I think that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for what you've done, for your generosity. I will tell you, too, that we had 100 people show up last Sunday to go serve. Obviously, we'd have service last week. Uh, right in the middle of everything that's going on, we just kind of on a whim said, hey, let's go serve. Uh, that was the ones that we had uh, together, not including all of you that I know were out in the streets doing different things. I just want to tell you how proud I am of you, uh, that we're not just worried about Purpose Church, but we, we care about God's people. And we're willing to go and do whatever it takes to take that name and that message wherever it might need to go uh, and wherever God calls us to go. And I also want to tell you, too, that uh, what I think is so cool is that we partnered with a couple churches and we were funneling uh, just different people that were asking us uh, to, um, to, 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 hey, can we donate? Can we donate? We had some friends' churches that already uh, had, had uh, accounts set up for that and ways to donate uh, through Clarksville at LifePoint Church, a great friend of ours, and also Relevant Church in Paducah um, that we were just sending everybody to. If they wanted to give, hey, they already have these giving links set up. Go ahead and, and give through that. And I just want to tell you, just celebrate with you that because of your generosity, generosity from all over the place, we were able to raise $1.2 million over the last 10 days. Come on. I think God declared, I mean, let's give God some praise in this place for that. That's, that's crazy. But, man, I just love you so much. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so glad to be a part of a church that generosity is our privilege. It's not something we say, but when something happens that we're about it. And I just want to tell you thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being about that. And I'm honored to serve with you, honored to be here with you, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I believe, uh, and that's kind of what we're talking about today, that even in the midst of tragedy, that hope still exists in the midst of all of that. And so uh, we're in a series called At the Movies. Somebody shout At the Movies. 
And so we have, we, obviously we missed last week. We were going to be talking about Home Alone. We may save that one for another time together, all right? But the week before we talked about Elf and how, how literally we believe that movies are just stories, right? And, and if you think about Jesus in the Bible, what did he do? Jesus used stories called parables to be able to tell the gospel, to be able to point to himself, to be able to point to God. And so what we're doing is taking modern-day parables, a.k.a. movies, and uh, we're using them to point them to Jesus. And so I just want to challenge all of us today. What I love is that we're going to talk about this one movie called It's a Wonderful Life. How many of y'all have seen It's a Wonderful Life? If you have this all skate, wave at me if that's you, okay? All right, good. But but before we do that, in order to kick us off today, uh, we're going to pop these Coke cans. So if you still got your Coke can, if it's not open, if it's already open, you can make the noise with your mouth. Just go, okay? All right? But we're going to just kick off today. On three, open those Coke cans. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, you ready? One, two, three. I heard a lot of ch in going on. I like it, though. I like that. That's fun to do together. I enjoy doing that. Thank you. But again, what we're going to do is just talk about It's a Wonderful Life. And again, maybe some of you did not raise your hand saying, I, I have never heard of that movie. I don't even know what movie that is. Just so you know, you need to go home and watch it before uh, Christmas this year because it is actually voted one of the top 100 movies ever of all time. Like, of all time. It's a great movie. Uh, it's a little slow. You know, it's, it's kind of set back in the day a little bit. But let me tell you a little bit about what the storyline kind of is with the movie It's a Wonderful Life. If you haven't seen it, there's this guy named George Bailey, and he's a family man, loves, loves his family, loves his community called Bedford Falls, right? And uh, so he's there, and his dad and family have always been there, started a business, and he takes that business over. And what he begins to do is, is you know, he's an honest man. He's a good man. And uh, what happens is there's this guy in town named Mr. Potter. Everybody say, boo. Because that's that guy, okay? Like, he is that guy that needs to be booed because uh, the dude is not nice. He's willing to take everything and anything. He wants to just, like, take over the entire town and literally will do whatever it takes just to run people in the ground pretty much, right? And so... You've got Mr. Potter, and then you've got my man George Bailey. And on Christmas Eve, uh, the Bailey family, obviously they were kind of like a bank and trust company. What, what ends up happening is, is uh, George's uncle uh, goes and is going to the bank, and what happens is, is he is supposed to deposit $8,000. How many of y'all know $8,000 is a lot of money right now? Just imagine like 75 years ago, it's a whole lot of money. But that money happens to get misplaced, and so it's lost, $8,000. And so what begins to happen is George starts to think, hey, you know what, I know that I'm going to be held responsible for this. Like the auditors are coming in. They're going to try and hold him responsible for this $8,000 that's missing, not on the books. And so he begins to freak out. He's thinking, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to have to like, like somebody's going to, they're going to come after my family. They're going to come after everything that I own, my, my father's business. I'm going to lose everything. And so George just begins to spiral down, right? He begins to just go through this thought process of, you know what? It would be better off if I wasn't here. It would be better off if I wasn't even alive. And so what he begins to think, he begins to think, okay, my wife, my kids, everybody in this town will be way much, way, way better off if I was dead. And so what he begins to go do is he goes to a bridge and uh, he's about to commit suicide. And if you've never seen the movie, you need to go and see it because then all of a sudden there's this little guy named Clarence who ends up being uh, the, the guardian angel uh, that, that the people around heard. Uh, you know, like they were praying to God, God, would you send Mr. George just a, a guardian angel? And end up little Clarence is sent to him, and he's a little funny little character, and he's really fun. Uh, and what happens is is that he kind of gets his wish, George does, saying, you know what? I, and Clarence shows him around saying, hey, 
This is what your life would be like if you weren't here. This is what Bedford Falls, this is what your family, this is what the people around you would be like if you were never, if you never had existed. And so what begins to happen, I'll kind of give you the cliff notes at the very end. Guess what? He survives. He stays alive. He gets to go back to his family. What begins to happen is in the midst of darkness, in the midst of all of that, what he begins to find is some hope in the midst of it. And so I just think for you and I, and what has happened with our, our communities that are around us and the surrounding areas, and even some of us this Christmas as we're working through different life challenges and all that kind of stuff, I just came to just remind some of us that today it may be dark right now, but I really do believe that there's hope in the midst of darkness, that you can have that, that you can, you can literally walk into a season that may be dark and complete. There's nothing out there that seems like it can be good, and in the middle of it, I believe that God can speak to you, that God can encourage you, that God can lead you you even through that darkness. And so I want to talk through that today. I want to kind of walk through what that looks like. Again, the past 10 days for our communities, uh, this time of year for you, I really do believe it's possible for you to live a wonderful life. And I really do believe it's possible that you can have hope in the midst of darkness. So that, that kind of begs the question, what is hope? Like, what is it? And I think you need to write this down. Hope, and we say it all the time, is this mindset that says, you know what? The best is still ahead. That the best is still ahead, right? Because hope is thinking, you know what? I'm going etern- to be joyfully expecting of what's to come, of what the future is going to look like. That's, that's kind of what it is. We just kind of dub- dubbed it as the best is still ahead. The best is still out front. That's, that's kind of a, a, a hopeful model uh, or a hopeful, uh, I guess, theme that, that we've kind of themed it with for our church is that, you know what? The best is still ahead. Yeah, it's been tough. Yes, it's been uh, yes, it's been great. We've seen God do some incredible things, but we don't believe that the best days are behind us. We believe that God is still doing stuff, that he is still on the throne, and that the best days are still ahead of us. And I, I believe that for all of you in this room. I believe that for, for Mayfield and Princeton and, and Dawson Springs. I really do believe that for our communities that are around us. And I just think about that hope. Uh, it's the joyful expectation of what's to come. It's, the, it's that joyful. I'm, I'm expecting it, even with a joyful attitude of what is in the future for us. And I think about that, and I think about in the Bible, though, that there, there are some things that there is a character that I want to point out to us today where hope was in the middle of a season that was really doubtful as well. Right, that, that hope and doubt were in this guy's life, and guess what? He still survived and thrived and ultimately made an impact for the gospel that I think we can learn from. And this is a guy named John the Baptist. How many of y'all heard of John the Baptist? Okay, wave at me. That don't mean he went to a Baptist church, just so everybody knows, okay? Just want to let, let everybody know that don't mean we, he went to a Baptist church. That just means that he was known as John the Baptist because he baptized Jesus, okay? So that, that, that's not necessarily a denomination that he was, okay? It was literally that he baptized Jesus. So I want you to know that John the Baptist, there is is a clear picture of hope in the midst of darkness, in the midst of crazy seasons, and we can look no further than John the Baptist. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 11. I, I usually do this. I have done this in the past. If you don't mind, one last time in the middle school, can we stand to our feet in honor of God's Word uh, as we read God's Word together? Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 through 11. Uh, just 11 quick verses that we're going to read. And I want to tell you, this is a story of, of, of John the Baptist and what he is going through, but also I believe there's some hope in the midst of doubt, in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of questions that he might have that we can look at this scripture and watch and find some hope in the middle of it. If you're ready for God's word, say I'm ready. Like that. Here we go. 
Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. Even the title of it says, Jesus eases John's doubt. I like that. Watch what it says. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout the region. I just feel like, you know what? That's what God's calling us to do as a church, right? To go out into all the towns, preach and teach in Jesus' name. Just, just a side note. But then what verse 2 says is, John the Baptist, watch what it says, who was in prison. How many of y'all know that's a bad day, okay? Everybody good? Like, I don't think anybody's, like, signing up for that, okay? Like, like he's in prison. I want us to understand, like, he didn't do anything wrong to deserve that. He was preaching the gospel. That's what wound him up in prison, okay? He was preaching about Jesus, wound up in prison. So he's in prison, heard of all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. Watch what happened. Are you the Messiah? This is John the Baptist asking Jesus, are you the Messiah that we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else, right? How I many you know right there as we read that, there's doubt in who he thinks God is, who he thinks Jesus is, and what he is in his life. So I want us to know, watch Jesus' response. Watch what happens. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus, watch what happens, Jesus began talking about him to the crowd. So what I want us to know is that what would you think when John doubts, what do you think our response or what we think Jesus would respond back to him would be? It would be to chastise him. It would be to say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe his lack of faith. Like, look at him doubting me like that. Didn't he see all this stuff? Didn't he know this? Watch what Jesus' response was. It wasn't out of condemnation. It wasn't out of any of that. Watch how Jesus responds. He actually honors John. Watch, he honors the sacrifice that John had been doing where he's been going before and preaching that Jesus was coming. Like, he honors him in the middle of that. And John's disciples were leaving. As they were leaving, Jesus began talking. Talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes lived in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Were you looking for a man of God? And then he says, yes. And watch what he says. And he is more than a prophet. Right? He's honoring John. He's saying, you know what? You didn't go out there because you thought uh, uh, you were going to find somebody that was weak or whatever. No, you went out to, to find him preparing the way in the wilderness for me because he was a strong leader. He's a great leader. And guess what? He's a prophet telling of the Messiah that was to come. I like that Jesus honored him in that. Uh, and then watch what he says. Um, he says, were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man who the scriptures refer to when they say, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare you your way before you. I tell you the truth, of all who ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I love that. I think there's some things that we can learn from that. I want to pray. You can have a seat, and we'll talk about four things. All right? Everybody good? Stay standing for just a second. I'm sorry. We're like Catholic Church up in here. Here we go. All right. Let me pray, and then we'll have a seat. All right, Jesus, thank you for today. We love you. We honor you so grateful for who you are. Jesus, we remember you this time of year, that you came, that you were born, and yet you are God with us. That even in the brokenheartedness, even in the loneliness, that you are not a God that's far off, that's distant, but that you are Emmanuel, God with us. We love you. We honor you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now have a seat. Now have a seat. I like that. I like that. I like that. So four things I got for you. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Four things. Number one, we all have questions. That's the first thing I want you to write down. I want you to write it down. We all have questions. Even if you're close to Jesus, guess what? You still have questions. 
I think you need to understand that. I think we need to just kind of take just a little trip back in the relationship that John and Jesus had together, right? You need to understand that John and Jesus were boys, right? They were close. You need to realize, and maybe you didn't know this, but John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins. How many of y'all played with your cousins growing up, right? How many of y'all have cousins that are, like, closer than your brothers and sisters now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can just imagine for just a second, like, like literally uh, Jesus and John growing up, and they're doing all these festival things together. And I can imagine, like, maybe, you know, they're out on the pond hanging out, and Jesus is walking on the water, and everybody else is swimming, and he's like, get down in the water. Jesus and just go with me that's my ADHD brain where it went but like like I could just imagine them playing and doing all of that growing up together and so John and Jesus are cousins they know each other I want you to even know it goes further back than just knowing each other growing up is that even before either, either one of them were born they met each other watch what happens this is the relationship that Elizabeth and Mary are cousins and what happens is Mary finds out that she's pregnant uh, by the Holy Spirit and she goes to Elizabeth and is like yo I'm pregnant I'm I, I, you know, I've never, me and Joseph, nope, we never slept together, not, not happening, like it's for the Holy Spirit. And as she goes to Elizabeth, her cousin, to tell her this, watch what happens in Luke chapter 1, verse 41. It says, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Jesus in her belly, Elizabeth on the inside of her is John, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. That's what it says. He jumped, like, hey, listen, and first of all, you're telling me, I'm just going to be a, a, a voice for the unborn right now, because guess what, even the first one to respond to the name Jesus was an unborn child. And so we will be people that fight for the unborn. We will be a church that fights for life and life uh, f- for babies all th- uh, from, from gestation all the way through life, right? We're going to be people that do that. And I just want to challenge all of everybody to understand it. Guess what? From the very beginning, there was an excitement about this guy named Jesus. And that John and Jesus were boys. They were close to each other. That literally, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. They were cousins. They grew up together. Not only that, there was some spiritual stuff that happened with each other between John and Jesus. you got to realize that John was the very person that baptized Jesus, Right? So like when Jesus came uh, forward and said, hey, you know what, I'm here, uh, and John has been preaching about a coming Messiah, like this guy is coming, he's great, he's, I can't even like tie his shoelaces, he's so great, uh, I want everybody to prepare the way for him. Like when that happened, Jesus starts coming in, he's like, oh my goodness, behold, that's the Lamb of God, that's the dude right there that I'm talking about, and, and Jesus comes down and John baptizes Jesus. And again, we, we, we baptize at Purpose Church and we have a blast when we do that because to me, it's what Jesus said to do. Uh, and just a few weeks ago, uh, ago, we had spontaneous baptism where seven people were baptized in this gym. Uh, uh, two that were planned, the others were not planned, which is awesome. And so I think about baptism being that public decla- declaration that Jesus is Lord. That's what we believe. That's what we're gonna, And we're going to party when that happens. We're going to have a blast. We got cowbells. We, got, we hoop and holler uh, because we want, just like that song we just sang a second ago, Here Comes Heaven, we want to bring heaven down to earth. And when one person comes to know Jesus, Guess what? All of heaven parties. And so when one person goes public with their faith in Jesus here on this earth, we're going to be a church that parties. And so I don't ever want that to change. When we move to another facility, guess what? That ain't going to change with us. It's probably going to be elevated even more. We may get like a fire truck there and just honk the horn. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to celebrate it because it's a big deal. And I want us to understand, though, that, that Jesus and John go way back. Obviously, they, have, they grew up together. Uh, G- John baptized Jesus. And watch what happens. John even still has questions for Jesus, right? John, even close as he was to Jesus, still had questions 
for him. Like, you can be close to Jesus and still have questions for Jesus. Like, y'all, I got funny questions for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I got the funny ones that when I finally get to heaven one day, like, I'm going to ask Jesus. I'm going to be like, okay, Jesus, why in the world did you make cats? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? You know, why'd you, why'd you have to do that? Now, where are my cat people at in here? I love all of you. I'm so sorry. I apologize right now. Uh, uh, but, 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 like, I got that question. I also got the question, why do people put so much cilantro in your salsa? You know, it just tastes like dish soap. You know what I'm saying? You get too much in it, it just tastes like dish soap. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Why do 90% of people put cilantro in your sauce? I don't know. But, but that's a question that I have, right? Those are some funny questions that I might have. Uh, but I do also think that I'm going to have some serious questions for God, right? I got some serious questions out there where I want to say, hey, why do some people suffer and other people don't? And I want to know that. Why, why, why do some people go through things and other people don't? Why is it that, that the tornado took out this part of the, the county or that part of the city, but not my part of the county where I live? And I got questions like that, and I think all of us do. I think all of us need to understand, though, that that is okay to have questions for God. There's a difference between asking God questions and questioning God. Like there's a big difference there, and I think we can learn something from John. John was close to Jesus, but guess what? He still felt comfortable enough to bring his questions to the Lord. I want you to know today that it does not disqualify you from faith if you have questions about your faith. If you have questions about Jesus, it does not disqualify you from that. Again, I believe when we bring our questions to Jesus, what it in turn does is it deepens our relationship with him. Because what we're beginning to do is, and I'll just tell you guys, uh, there's, there's some days that I have faith that's 100%, right? Like I'm there, I believe it all, I know it all, I, see, I can see it, like I, okay, I trust you 100%, but there are days that I have about 80% faith, you know what I'm talking about? Like where there's that, that 20% of uncertainty, that I don't know really what's going on, like, but, but, but it's in that 20% of, of sometimes that lack of faith that really what I'm doing is I'm learning to trust God even more. What I'm doing is it's strengthening my faith even more, that I'm reminded that guess what, I'm nothing but a mere human, a finite human that's worshiping an infinite God. And if God were too small to be understood, I would ne- he would never be big enough to be worshipped. And so I'm grateful that we serve a God that I don't know all the answers. I don't think any of us have all the answers for everything, but I do, and I'm so glad that we serve the one that does, that we serve the Savior who does. Again, if I could explain everything in my life, if I could answer everything, I would have no need for God himself. And there are days that, you know what I have to do? I have to understand, I don't know I have questions, but I'm still going to take those questions of Jesus. I think you need to realize it's okay to take those questions of Jesus. It's okay to do that. That's number one. Everybody good there? Number two is what I want you to write down is that hope and doubt can coexist. That hope and doubt can, can coexist. They can be uh, existing in the same situation at the same time. I know that sounds kind of funny uh, because I, I think for so many of us, we think of, uh, of faith and this idea of faith as, as the opposite of faith being uh, uh, unbelief, right? That's what a lot of us think when we think of faith, which, again, I think that's part of it, yes. But I think the opposite of faith, you know what it is? I think the opposite, excuse me, of faith. I heard a pastor say this one time, and I'm so sorry I can't quote who it was. I don't remember who said it, but I'm going to say it, it was this. The opposite of faith uh, is not unbelief necessarily. It's certainty. That's the opposite of faith. Because if you know everything that's going to happen, why do you need to have faith? Right? So that's the opposite of faith. So I want to challenge us to think like that. And, and again, in any situation that we might come up with and up against in this world right now in our communities, understand that hope and doubt can coexist. You've got to realize John is in prison, y'all. 
Like, that ain't good. It's not a good day for John to be in prison. And I want to give you kind of a, a cliff note version of what has happened and going to happen. John eventually dies for his faith. Right? He becomes a martyr for his faith. He becomes uh, 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 literally a person that lays down their life for Jesus. And uh, he's beheaded at the end of his life. See, John expressed his doubt in Jesus, but he also had the hope to say, you know what? I've known what I've seen. I've experienced what I've gone through. I, I, I'm going to send my guys over to him because I really know who he said he was going to do or what he was going to do. And he is who he says he wanted. But I just want to check it out really quick, too. So in the midst of a doubtful season, one where he's in prison, he still has the hope that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the one. I think about that so many times, like, like this is that you and I, y'all remember the, the little little like devil on one shoulder and angel on the other, right? You know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? So I, I like to think of that, but that's kind of how hope and doubt are, right, in my life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I got hope on this shoulder whispering in this year, hey, the best is still ahead. Man, you're doing great. You, oh, just wait for just wait for what's to come. It's so good. Man, that, that person you've been praying for is going to get saved. That person that you've been trying to reach out to is going to respond. That, that family member is going to change, whatever it might be. And that's that hope sitting on this side. But in my other ear on this shoulder, guess what? Doubt is whispering in my ear. That person's never going to change. You're never going to make an impact. What you're doing doesn't matter. You should give up right now. Anybody been there before, right? Anybody have hope on one shoulder and doubt on the other? When I want to challenge us with something today, Christmas season, is that there is a gap that is between hope and doubt. And you know what that gap is called? It's called faith. That's what it's called. It's called faith. Faith is, is, is something that, that the, the difference between hope and doubt is you and I realizing that, you know what, I have hope knowing that Jesus can. I have some doubt that's going on based off circumstances and everything around it, but there is this gap in between them. And you know what I'm going to do in the middle of it? I'm going to have faith that God can, that God will, that he's the one that I say I worship and I serve, and I'm going to put my full, it, it's so crazy to me, so many times how we'll trust God in all areas of our life, and then, then there's sometimes when you and I will just be like, ah, you know what, I'm going to kind of hold on to this a little bit. And uh, again, I'm going to challenge you as we did a few weeks ago. Go all in with Jesus. Man, go all in with him. Don't just kind of tippy-toe with it. Go all in. And in the hard seasons, have that faith. In the good times, have that faith. And watch as we do that. Watch as hope and doubt, that faith is going to begin to grow. That faith is going to begin to to muster up something on the inside of you that you never even knew you had. But it will only happen whenever there's doubt in a situation and hope mixed together. All right? So I want to challenge us again so many people have have said through the years too that like faith is a crutch how many of y'all have heard that you know you're like hey man you just fall back on faith you may not know the answer to something you may not have the, uh, the idea or how to answer it uh, or you can't really explain what's going on and your faith man your faith in Jesus it's just a crutch and I have to just correct people when that happens and you have to understand like like here's the thing my faith is not a crutch guess what my faith is my faith in Jesus is actually a stretcher it's not just a crutch, it's a stretcher. Faith in Jesus is a stretcher, and the fact is that he has been carrying me every single step of the way, and I would not be here today without his love, without his grace, without his mercy. He changed my life, he saved my life, he set me free, and I got one mission, one purpose, and it's to go out there and make a difference for Jesus, to connect people to him and help other people live on purpose. That's why I exist, and guess what, church? We're going to be a church that in the midst of hope, 
hope and doubt, we're going to have faith to move forward, that we're going to be a city on a hill, a light in the midst of darkness, that we're going to reach out to anybody and everybody because people are our heart, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to point them to Jesus. So if you believe that and you agree with that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Give it up for King Jesus. I like that. Hope and doubt can coexist. The next thing I want us to know from this story, watch, watch this, is while we wait, Jesus still works. While we wait, Jesus still works. What, what, what happened in the story, right? John is in prison. I want us to remember that. John is waiting on Jesus to reveal himself as Messiah, right? He's trying to do this. He's waiting on Jesus. So what's he doing in the waiting season? John sends his friends to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I got a question. Like, like you to do what we're waiting for, or like do we need to kind of look for somebody else that's going to come along? Like, wh- what is it? What do we need to do? And obviously what we see right there is that John is waiting. John is waiting for something to happen. John is waiting for Jesus to, to, to declare that he is the Messiah and he is the Son of God, right? So what happens is while John is waiting, Jesus is working. What do we find out in Scripture right there? The, obviously the disciples that were John's disciples that came and asked Jesus if you're the Messiah, guess what they saw? They saw miracles happen. They saw deaf ears start to hear. They saw blind people start to see. They saw Dead people walking dead, get it back up, right? Like, like they were they were alive. They they saw all of that. And even though John was waiting, Jesus was still working. And so I, I got to thinking about that, and I had to just think about you. And I don't know what it is that you're thinking or you're waiting on, or what miracle you're waiting on Jesus to do, or what you've been asking behind the scenes in your prayer closet for years, or what you've been sending that message to that person, hoping that they would come sit next to you at the church, whatever it might be that you're waiting on a season, you're waiting on something, my heart is that you would understand that Jesus is still working even when you can't see it. That, that Just like what we sing, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, Jesus, I know you are working. And so I want us to, th- that's scripture right there showing us that that's not just a song lyric, that's actual truth. And even while John was working or waiting, Jesus was still working. And again, I, wanna, I, I felt like I just needed to encourage some people in this room today that God, you need to understand the God that you serve, the God, Jehovah God, is that not a God that's ever idle. He's never on cruise control. He's never sleepy or slacking off. He is moving the pieces. He is the supervisor over every detail that goes into your life. And so if you can hang on to hope that the best is still ahead, you can hang on to the fact that you know that God has a plan for you, that God has a, a better future ahead of you, and that the best really is still ahead. I believe that with all of my heart. You've got to understand, in the Bible, there are many, many seasons of waiting. You go all the way back to the Older Testament. I think about Noah building the ark, right? You think about Noah and the ark, and you think about the fact, how long did it take him to build the ark? It took him a 100 years to build the ark. That is a long time of waiting, isn't it? Everybody calling you crazy. You know what I'm saying? You crazy. It ain't never rained before. You, what are you building? You, oh, it's going to rain? You crazy, sir. Okay? Like, like, I need to understand, like, that's a long time waiting. But guess what? Even in the middle of that, God was still working. That God was sparing his life. That God was giving him the ability to be able to do what he did. And, and again, spared his family and his whole life. So I, I think about that in the Older Testament. I think about David in the Older Testament. I think about the fact that David, there was many times he, he was out in a field uh, being a shepherd. Not a real uh, uh, great job out there. Not just like one of those high profile jobs. He was in the obscure, obscene, out in the middle of nowhere type jobs that he was doing. Waiting and waiting and waiting. And all during that time, what was happening? The fact 
fact is that he was killing lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Okay, he was killing all of them, like with a, a, a bone, uh, like a jawbone of a donkey. Guess what? He was doing that with his bare hands before he ever had the opportunity to stand up in front of everybody and kill Goliath. You know why? He was waiting, but God was still working. Think about that in the Older Testament. Now, fast forward to the New Testament. Our, our, our story right here. Uh, Israel, you got to understand the last book of the Older Testament, Malachi. From Malachi all the way till Matthew starts, realize there's 400 years of silence. 400 years of, of, of God not using a prophet to speak to anybody about the coming Messiah. 400 years of waiting, but all the time, Jesus and God was still working in the middle of all of that. I think about Zechariah and literally Elizabeth that we talked about that are John the Baptist's parents. They waited decades to have a baby. If you read the story, it's a lot like Abraham and Sarah from the Older Testament, where they waited decades to have a baby. They were too old, he said. Zechariah was. He was a guy that served in the church. He was a priest, and so Maybe you've been serving in the church, maybe you've been giving, maybe you've been doing all the things, and yet the things still that you are praying for, you're still waiting for. I just want to encourage you, keep hanging on, because that's what hope is, is that you would keep hanging on knowing that God is working even while you're waiting. I think about John, he's in prison in a dark place in his life, and guess what he's doing? He's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting, and what happens is he's waiting, and while he's doing that, Jesus is still working and still getting glory. And so if you're waiting on something from God, and Jake, if you don't mind, come up here and play those sweet keys. That would be awesome. I'll just tell you really quick um, that if you're waiting on something from God, just understand that you and I are joining a long line of men and women who have followed Jesus, had to wait, yet still kept the faith, still kept the hope. So my encouragement for you today is keep holding on. That's the last thing I want you to do. I want you to keep holding on. Hope means to keep holding on. Hope means to continue to hold on even when the situation seems a little hairy, even when the situation seems like, man, it's easier to give up, even when the situation seems like, you know what, I'm going to be done, I'm going to give up, I'm going to do whatever I can. Hope means to keep holding on in the midst of whatever you're going through. I think about John. John, guess what? Let me, just again, he still died, okay? Like at the end of the day, John still died. <clears throat> but but my, <clears throat> my thing about that is, now think about it. I believe it was Jesus' full power. In his full power, he could have released him from prison. He could have had John broken out. Like they could have been good. They could have been on the road somewhere else, going somewhere else. But I have to think that Jesus had a bigger and better plan for John's life. Even in the middle of that pain that he was going through. I think about it, how John died for the gospel. And I think about missionaries and people that are in countries all over the world that are sharing the gospel of Jesus and I don't know about you but hope that they're going to keep holding on if they didn't have the story of John the Baptist to hold on to knowing that till the very end he was willing to preach Jesus to the very end he was willing to hang on and keep holding on I'm going to keep preaching Jesus and I'm going to keep doing that I don't know if without that testimony of John that the people that we we get a chance to fund and send and do all of that would continue hanging on in the midst of whatever they're might facing I, I just think that God had to have a bigger plan for John's life than what I even know. And I want to challenge all of you, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're stepping into, whatever that season is right now that feels so heavy, it feels so discouraging, it feels so dark, it feels so depressing, it feels all of those things that I just believe if you will keep hanging on, that literally on the other side of you hanging on, God has something for you. He's trying to teach you. He's trying to grow you. He's trying to change you. He's trying to take something out of your life that doesn't look like Him, a lot like what He's done in my life this year. 
I'll just tell you guys, I didn't tell first service this, but man, I've had a, a year that's just been a, as all of us have. The last year has been crazy. I struggled this year with depression and anxiety. I've never struggled with that in my life. You know me, I'm like, let's go. You know, like that's how I am all the time. But this year, man, something happened. I don't know what it was. On the inside of me, I just struggled so badly with this, this anxiousness and depression. And I, I felt like, man, I'm, I'm done. Like, I just need to give up. I need to hand it off. I need to, I need to do something else. And I just remember in that moment thinking, you know what? God, you, you have, you have, and I had to remember the promises of God. And whenever you're going through seasons in your life that you don't feel like there's any hope, you got to go back to what Scripture has to say about it. And the fact is that you and I can have hope in the midst of darkness. You know why? Because God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. And what He said is so true. And he told us that He would never leave us nor forsake us. He would never do anything like that. That whatever happens to us in our life, guess what? God, if we love Him and are called according to His purpose, that He can turn it around for our good. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're walking into, just know that if you'll keep holding on, if you'll keep going back to the source that is life, being God, being Jesus, if you'll do that, guess what? Better days are ahead. That the best is still yet to come. That the best is still in front of you. And I believe that with all of my heart. Anybody else believe that in this place? Can we give God a big shout of praise and a big hand clap all over this room? I believe that. And as we as a church are about to step into a new season, I think there's some people maybe in this room that you need to step into a new life today. You need to step into a new relationship today. That Jesus has been pursuing you. That he's been calling you. He's been changing you. And he wants you to step into whatever he's called you to now. First of all, it's a relationship with him. Maybe you don't have that. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Today is that day. What a better, better time to celebrate Christmas than in a new birth in Jesus. New creation in Christ is what the Bible says that you and I can become if we give our life to him. So you're in this room. You listen on podcasts. If it's safe for you, bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to talk to you for just a second. You're in this room. I don't think it's an accident that you're here. You're here for a reason that God has a purpose for you and a plan for you. He meant for you to be here today. Last Sunday at Callaway County Middle School, a lot of people sick, a lot of people out traveling. A lot of people helping the tornado victims. So grateful for all of them, praying for protection and blessing and all of that. But I I know you're here for a reason. And I just want to tell you that God has been pursuing you and maybe you don't have a relationship with him. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus, that baby that was born, he was born and he would grow up to be a king that was put on a cross and that he was put in a tomb and he got out of the grave. The fact is, is that he returned to heaven and one day he's going to come back and bring a new heaven and a new earth with him. King, ruler, king of kings, lord of lords, Jesus. No name higher. There is no name higher. And I, I love the fact that that guy, that man, wants a relationship with you and I. And our sin has separated us from God, that we're broken, that we're busted, that we've been far from God ever since we were born. You don't have to teach a baby to sin. You don't have to teach me how to do that. Like, we just already know how to do it. But Jesus lived a perfect life, never messed up, never sinned. We celebrate him coming at this time of year, but ultimately he grew up up, and he lived a life that was, uh, again, perfect. And then he gave his life on the cross because there had to be a payment for my sin. There had to be a payment for where I've messed up. And Jesus was saying, you know what, I'll take that on myself died and they put him in a tomb and he got out of the grave and that's the gospel the fact is that we serve a risen savior who wants a relationship with you today and that's you if you want a relationship with jesus here's what i'm gonna ask you to do would you pray something like this 
You can't say it word for word. I just want you to mean it in your heart. Just say something like this. Dear Jesus, I want you to come to my life and save me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life so that I could have life in you. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to save me. I ask you to to come in my life. Be the Lord of my life today. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for dying. Thank you for getting out of the grave. And please help me live for you for the rest of my life. On purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. Maybe that's you in this room. You prayed something like that. You prayed it word for word, but you meant it in your heart. I just want to just tell you really quickly as we sing, Here Comes Heaven. The thing about Purpose Church I love so much is celebrations are response. And my, my, my job as chief cheerleader of this place is to, to lead all of you to understand that what we're doing is calling down heaven to be on earth. And when one person comes to Jesus, guess what? It's a party in heaven, so why would it be a party here on earth? And the church should look a whole lot more like a party than it does a funeral. We are not going to have a, a, a place that just seems like, man, there's no hope in it. No, no, no. We have the hope of eternal life. And we got the hope of, of people being saved and set free. And we're going to be a church that parties and celebrates that. And so maybe you're in this room or maybe you're listening on the podcast and you just prayed to receive Jesus. I just want you to know it would be our highest honor as a church to be able to follow up with you, to be able to walk through this next season with you. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're in the room, I'm going to ask you on the count of three, got some friends over here on the door that you came in right there that, that are our prayer team, that we would love to be able to just celebrate with you this decision that you just made to follow Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'd just love it if you would stand up and you would move that way. One, two, three. Our team is going to be moving. Team, don't go too far. Got a selfie with you in a second. But if that's you, would you just make your way that way? And if you're listening on the podcast, if you could just text the word PURPOSE, P-U-R-P-O-S-E, to 270-229-6488. That'll let us know that you made that decision. We'd love to follow up with you. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, come on, Purpose Church. Why don't we look up and lift our heads and stand to our feet? And as we do that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place for what he's doing? Come on, let's do that. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Give it up for King Jesus in this place. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, once you high five three people around you, say it's a good last day here. It's a good last day here. I love that. I love that. So really quick, I want to I wanna just tell you this is our time in our, our, our service where we get a chance just to be generous, continue to be generous. And uh, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings. This is um, how, how we continue to advance the gospel through the local church. And uh, again, thank you for your generosity. Because you were generous, we're able to just be a conduit. And that's what we're praying that we are. I mean, it's just a conduit to serve other churches as well that are affected, to serve this community, to go out and make a difference for Jesus wherever. So if you call Purpose Church home, this is for you. Our guys are going to go ahead and come forward. And they're going to start passing this offering container. You can give online. That's how Allie and I, we usually give online. Uh, you can give via text, but if, if this bucket, if you can grab it, the container, just pass it around. Again, for people that call Purpose Church home. So if you don't call Purpose Church home, if it's your first time, man, we're so honored that you're here. Your, your connection card would be awesome if you want to drop that in there or even drop it by the Connect Corner in just a second. But just again, remember that you're making a huge impact, that, that even together when we're able to give like that, just the amount of, of impact that we're able to make, uh, putting it in the hands of other churches that are on the ground even, 
uh, in the devastated areas. Man, it's an honor just to give um, to them, to be able to just bless them as best we can. So thank you for your generosity. Wouldn't be moving into a new facility without your generosity. Wouldn't be affecting people's lives. Wouldn't be seeing people meet Jesus online and in a, in a, on a podcast. Wouldn't be able to see that without your generosity. So I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for loving. And uh, this season's been fun. It's been a fun season in this place, and I can't wait to see what God's about to do uh, in just a little bit. The best is still ahead, right? I believe with all my heart. I believe that God is going to do some incredible things. And so thank you for, for being here today. I'm going to ask really quick uh, if, if as they, I know they're ta- they've already taken up the tithes and offerings, but could we just pray uh, for those? But even more so than that, let's pray for these communities that have been affected. Um, our friends and families that have been affected by this. All of us have been affected, but even the ones that have just been ravished, their houses, their um, their livelihoods, people have lost loved ones. Um, let's just let's just take a second just to pray for them uh, as a church. God, we honor you. Jesus, we love you. And God, we just pause for just a second today, just to just to pray for our brothers and sisters that are hurting. And God, I pray that we not only pray for them, but we would be the hands and feet, and we go. And we would go to them. That we would be people that that won't pull out after uh, a week or two. But we would be people that are here for the long haul for them. That we're willing to say, yes, it may be dark for a season, but there is hope in the midst of that darkness. That Jesus is the light. We're going to point whoever and whatever to you, Jesus. So God, I just pray for them. Your Bible and your word says that you're close to the brokenhearted. So God, we believe that right now, that there's a lot of brokenheartedness happening in our area. and, and, And God, we just believe that you are going to be close to them. God, I pray for I pray for blessing pray, God, that you would give people more than they need so that they can give it away to other people. God, would you give our church blessing? Would you allow us to have more than we need? We're going to, be, we're going to live on just a little as a church, and, and God, I just pray that you give us more than we need so that we can give it away to others, so that through your church it can be a bright, shining beacon of hope in the midst of darkness. God, I pray for influence. I pray that, that camera crews and, and, and stories keep getting shared and lives keep getting acknowledged with everything that's going on here would you just bring the, it's, it's so wild that you've brought the ends of the earth to us right now and God I pray that we would be faithful just to say you know what it's all about you Jesus give us influence God and we pray for protection pray over all of our friends that have lost loved ones and, and family members and houses and hope even and we just pray for protection over them God you protect their minds protect their eyes, you protect their ears, their mouths, their heart, their hands, their feet. God, would you do that? Would you just protect them? And God, we pray for your presence to be with them. That you would be so close to them like a brother, that you would be so close to them that you, they would feel you, Holy Spirit, in their life today. God, we just pray for you to bless them. Give them influence. Protect them. And let your presence be with them. And God, use us. We're here. We want to be a conduit. We want to be a vessel to be able to help however we can. And so, God, would you send us wherever you want to call us to go? Would we continue to just grow uh, just just your name here in Murray and Callaway County, reaching as many lost people as we can, God, telling them the gospel, telling them the story of hope and redemption and salvation that only comes through you, Jesus, connecting people to Jesus, helping them live on purpose, God. Would you fire that up on the inside of us right now? Would you continue to wail that up on them in, in our bellies as a church that we're going to 
do whatever it takes to take the gospel wherever you call us to go. That we're going to do whatever it takes to take your name, Jesus, to the lost, broken, busted uh, world that we live in. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that it may be an obstacle to some, but it's also an opportunity to be able to share the gospel with millions of people, I believe, um, through what you want to do online and in service and the influence that we have a chance to invest in other people. So, God, we are so thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for protection. And I pray for, again, protection over our friends, blessing, influence, and your presence with them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we give God a big clap of praise that only a king's worthy of? Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.